Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Are you experiencing change? Perhaps you work for an organization and that organization is going through restructuring or downsizing. Maybe you've recently been laid off. Or maybe you're thinking about a promotion, a new job, or maybe you're thinking about starting your own business. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to navigate through change, how to develop the grit to overcome setbacks, and how to seize new opportunities. Hi, Carol. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Before we dive into our conversation, can you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure thing. So I'm Carol Bowser, and I'm the president of Conflict Management Strategies, where I help organizations of all sizes either prevent or address workplace conflict. And I'm coming to you from beautiful Tacoma, Washington, the evergreen state. And it has been a journey. We don't always end up at the same place where we started. And I started in Southern California and I uh, went to college in Colorado, spent some time living in Alaska, trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I decided that I was going to be a lawyer. And then I was a lawyer for a little while and still keep that license because there are some things that were just so physically and emotionally and financially painful to attain that even if we're not really using it, we don't fully give it up. Maybe like a beloved sweater or something like that. But the law degree, not beloved, but very useful. And I decided that helping people become more conflict competent and conflict literate was so much more fun than practicing law, a better alignment of knowledge, skill, talents, and interest. You know, I've had a few guests on my podcast where they started their career in law and they eventually led to going a different direction. So I'm hearing a kind of a common theme here. Yeah, I don't know how much that relies to like reaching our grit because I think the practice of law is all about grit. And I talked about law school as a three-year exercise in pain endurance. But I also think like any type of career transition that you have to look about like, well, why did I get into this? What did I think it was going to be? What is it actually? And really kind of how much pain and suffering or alignment or drudgery is it actually? The grass isn't always greener. It's just different grass. I think a lot of people look at it because it's a big burnout profession. About 20% of lawyers every year, this is an older statistic, leave the profession. And when I started my law school, we had someone come in and tell us about career services and academic support. And they also said probably about 20 to 25% of you are going to be suffering from clinical depression during your time here. I'm like, well, one, good to know. But all the way, that wasn't in any of the recruiting materials. So I think it's also going to grit of 
There may be people who know more about the profession and the emotional and psychological demands of a profession, but they kind of keep it a little bit of a dirty secret. And so how much of the grit journey is you kind of coming to terms with your actual experience of a particular profession or a particular employer? Now, have you experienced, do you remember if you were to look back on your life, have you ever had an experience where you ran into a specific setback or a difficult time? And how did you approach that experience? And what were the lessons you learned along the way? Well, I think who didn't? And it's one of those, I remember that when I was learning how to ski and someone said like, well, if you don't fall, you're not really trying. But I remember that law school was particularly difficult. I remember different employment situations weren't what I thought it was going to be. And also that what I'm, I think, particularly good at is listening to people and trying to help people find their own voice. And really litigation in the law is nothing about the individuals finding their own voice. And that was really hard because as I mentioned before, it was a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money to be able to do that. And just being able to go, this isn't working. I'm not as good at this as I think that I need to be. And then what to be able to do next. I think That's a little bit different than if someone's maybe in an employment situation where it's like maybe a particular employer or a particular part of the job isn't a good fit. But what I was seeing is like what the profession actually does wasn't a good fit. And I think that was part of it. And then also when you start off in business and you've got a couple of key clients and it doesn't work out that can be a real shake in your confidence of like, what am I doing here? I mean, shouldn't I be able to do this? Why isn't this working? I mean, I think being an entrepreneur that if you're not having a crisis of confidence every once in a while of what am I doing? How am I doing it? Is this the right client? What the hell am I actually doing? This isn't, I'm not getting the results given the amount of effort or the amount of time. That's all part of it. So I think that's kind of ongoing. I think the crisis of consciousness have become fewer in intensity and further along. And one of the main things I do is I've got a group of friends and colleagues who get what I do and are on that entrepreneurial journey that I can reach out to and they reach out to me and that makes all the difference. Having that lifeline of somebody that you can go to and talk through when you're experiencing that self-doubt or you're experiencing... I would say uncertainty of where the direction you want your business to go. I too have somebody that I actually, we use Boxer and we talk with each other every single day. You know, we start our morning (laughs) with these little messages and it's extremely helpful because the entrepreneurial journey is, it is that it is a journey of successes and failures and learning lessons along the way. Just like if you were to work for a corporation, I recently had a conversation with an individual who is just starting out in their career. They had graduated college probably about two years ago. And they were saying, you know, I just don't know where I want my direction to go in my career. I just don't know what I want to do. I took a step back and I said, you know, can I let you in on a little secret? And he goes, what? I said, I work with people that have been in their career for 10, 15 years and still figuring it out. I don't think that ever goes away. No, I think you're right. I'm a big kind of musical theater fan. And there's like Stephen Sondheim is, I just love listening to his music. And there's this one lyric of along the lines of the choice might have been wrong, but the choosing was not. 
And I mean, because we're constantly making choices and there are things within our influence and there are things that are completely out of our control. There are certain economics. When we're working with clients, they might've had an economic downturn. They might've had changes in their banking relationships within interest rates. They may have cut back on the services that you offer, or they might've gone with someone who they wanted a cheaper, less expensive. And so that can hurt too. That can definitely be a setback and not everyone knows. And I think that the workplace is changing. There are certain careers that are changing. There are certain careers that are perhaps sunsetting. So I don't think there are any forever employers anymore. There are certainly no forever positions. There's no forever technology. And it's hard sometimes. And sometimes we want it to go back to the way it was where we felt more secure and more productive and more successful. That would be nice. I agree with you when it comes to this mindset that we have of a security in being in corporate. I have come from the medical sales industry and our industry is known for layoffs. They'll lose FDA approval, especially in the pharmaceutical industry. My mom was in the pharmaceutical industry. And every Christmas, it was this, I might receive a call today because we just lost the patent on a particular product and I may or may not have a job. And I remember seeing the anguish my mom would go through when those calls were set up. And I've seen working for organizations where they go through acquisitions and downsizing and restructuring. And that's a lot of change and uncertainty. And being able to go through those challenges and to be able to go through those setbacks and bounce back. I think that we're a bit sold a myth about security and employment. And if you go back to like some of the work of Maslow, where he talks about hierarchy of needs and they talk about safety and basic needs getting met, like food, shelter, clothing, a sense of physical safety. One of the main ones that I've seen or iterations of it that I've seen is safety and employment like feeling secure in your employment. And I do think that we've kind of grown up with this myth of that there's going to be security in employment or that that's the ideal. But you look at the vast majority of people of how they're changing careers and that there are layoffs. I think that if we take the mindset of, you know what, that's a little bit of a fairy tale, that it could look very, very different. And even when you are secure in employment, like maybe you're with a very secure employer that's not going to get bought. Maybe you're high up in a collective bargaining agreement where you've got seniority. That doesn't mean the job's not going to change. It doesn't mean the technology's not going to change. It doesn't mean that it's the same employer that you interviewed with when you started your career. And I think some of the entrepreneurs that I work with that have kind of more sustaining businesses, they recognize that stuff is going to change and it does get bad. And you're just trying to look, you're not trying to be paranoid. However, you are trying to figure out that there's high tides, there's low tides, there's slack tides. And that's just sort of the nature of the business. You're trying to leverage the high stuff and try to mitigate the low stuff. And that's just kind of part of the game. Are you feeling burnt out and overwhelmed? Want to advance your career or find a new job? Maybe you want to build an impactful and profitable business. I left a highly successful Fortune 500 sales career to help people develop the grit, resilience, and courage necessary to thrive in a complex and changing market. In the show notes, you will find free workbooks with tips and strategies for attracting your dream job, advancing your career, preventing burnout, and building a business. 
Take advantage of your free workbook by downloading it now. Okay, so let's transition a little bit because our listeners may be in their car right now and they might be feeling a little angst. Their stomach may be turning a little bit because they're going, wow, there is a lot of uncertainty. And this is a good reminder. And at the same time, it's what do we do now? What do we do? How can we prepare for uncertainty? What do we do if maybe we do experience a job loss or our business starts to slow down if we're an entrepreneur? What are some ways that we can develop the grit to bounce back and achieve our goals? What advice would you give? So I would say if you are a business owner, just kind of recognize there are cycles in business. That's just kind of part of the nature and getting to kind of recognize some of the cycles that your clients have. And then the other thing is, you know, if it's in the personal life, I mean, it's a little bit of the good stuff and the bad stuff, this too shall pass. And for my work with conflict resolution, I always look at people and say, are your expectations being met or do you have some unmet expectations? And I think getting prepared for kind of bouncing back is looking at like, were my expectations really kind of more aspirational than realistic? Were my expectations in line with what's actually going on? And also, I think that being able to articulate what your expectations were and being able to make requests of people who may have some influence is helpful. Sometimes I find with my work with conflict resolution, of people might assume that a boss or a supervisor or an owner maybe has a lot less power and influence than they actually think it does. They do. And so we're kind of expecting someone to exercise their power, which I think can make us feel less powerful, less influential. I mean, it's a little bit like weightlifting. You don't start with the big, heavy stuff. You start with the smaller stuff, the smaller, easier conversations, the smaller reflective things. And the more people are clear on what they want and can express it, in a way that actually facilitates change and facilitates a sense of curiosity that people want to engage with you, that's huge. And the other thing too, is a lot of people I found don't even tell people what they want or are disappointed. I'm not sure if you saw this in your entrepreneurial journey, but if you can articulate what you do, who you do it for, who you're looking, what kind of work you're looking for, who you want to contact with, it's amazing the things that happen. I mean, it's not osmosis. And unless you can define it and articulate it. That's a really big barrier. So I think for developing the grit of like kind of finding like, why do I find this disappointing? What were my expectations? What small things can I do to articulate? And what smaller steps can I take? Because as I said, no, grit's a muscle and you've got to be able to develop it. But the other thing is if you do weight training, you know that if you take a week off, you're kind of back a little bit further that you kind of have to keep doing it even doing the things that make you uncomfortable and scare you. Oh man, you speak to this heart on this entrepreneurial journey because I left corporate about two and a half years ago and I was just talking with my friend that I talk to every day and we're both entrepreneurs and we're constantly talking about the way that the successes in our businesses and the ways that we're pivoting and getting clearly defined and what our value proposition statement is, the type of people that we want to work with, the type of subjects and how we want to deliver the content. And it's always evolving. I've also found that we may take more pivots earlier on in our entrepreneurial journey. And also there's a lot of people that I see top keynote speakers who have been doing this 10, 15 years, and they're still refining as their business evolves. And I love what you say about 
speaking up because there's a lot of times where people, they feel stuck in their career. They're working for an organization. They're in their current job. They may be succeeding and doing very well in their current job. However, they still feel stuck and they're seeing their colleagues get promoted and however, they're not. And what I see is that missing factor that what you're talking about is, did you speak up for what you want? Are you raising your hand and saying, hey, I want to pursue this particular position. What are some of the skill sets that I'm doing really well? What are the skill sets you'd like to see me develop for that particular role? And then, as you said, work in the muscle and developing those skill sets continuously in order to get what you want. Yeah. And I want to build on what you were saying, because if people are very, very good, that their employer or their boss may not want to give them up because they are very, very good. And it's like, well, one, I may not be considering you because you are very, very good. Or I didn't realize that you wanted something because you are very good. I mean, the job market changes and there are a lot of concerns right now about engaging and retaining people and being able to say, you know, this is something I have an interest in. This is something I want to do. And I also want to put like a little highlight that it might be that you may have an interest in it and you want to develop it, but it may not be instantaneous where people, where they have an opening for you. And it may be that you have been noodling on it, processing it, feeling a sense of dissatisfaction or impediment or a sense of curiosity. And if that has been developing for you in a long time and you're just now being able to articulate it, other people may need a time to process it and sense it and then look for openings. And then particularly in an organization, then they're going to need to advocate for you to other people. So there may be a bit more of a drag in the timeline, like that introspective work that you were talking about. It's usually those conversations that we put off. We just don't spend the time doing it because it's uncomfortable and it's icky. So for example, I worked with a designer to redo my website, which was talking about, tell me who you are, what's your value, what's the brand, what's the personality. I just did not want to do that. And she usually wrapped up within 90 days. It took me over a year and I had to keep begging, please stay with me. Yet after that, I was able to feel more confident and competent in what I do. And I felt like that the work actually reflected me. But it's a lot like having to write an essay versus having to edit an essay. It's like it's trying to update your resume. It's so much easier for other people, but it's a little bit of an icky work. So I think that's a bit of a grit of being able to sit down and figure out a plan and then not just make a plan, but eat your peas and start working the plan. That is some great advice because you think about there's particular goals that you want to achieve and it's always beneficial. A lot of times we don't see the unique strengths within ourselves that other people see in us or the skill sets that we have that really makes you unique. And so it is valuable to reaching out to other people and saying, hey, What are some skill sets that you see that are unique within me? How can I translate that into my resume? How might that translate into my value proposition statement when I'm positioning myself in my business? It's always beneficial in any area within your career, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you work in corporate, to align yourself with a coach, a mentor, a branding expert, whatever it is in the field that you want to be. But I think if I reflect back in my career earlier on, I wish that I had known that these resources were available because I would have done it a long time ago, but I'm so glad that I know about them now. Yeah. And I'm reflecting back on earlier on in kind of my entrepreneurial journey, I connected with someone 
who put on this seminar about entrepreneurship for neutrals. And and a couple of people over the weekend discovered that they don't want to be an entrepreneur. They want to have a job, which is, and she's like, if that is what you discovered, this is probably like the best 200 or a couple hundred dollars you have ever spent in your life. If you're like, nope, not for me. She also told a story of someone who wanted to get out of the practice of law and start a practice of mediation. But however, I can't remember what it was. It was a him, I remember. And he might've had background in like family law or maybe environmental or maybe construction law, but didn't want to do that anymore. And she kind of looked at him. She's like, kind of, I'm paraphrasing here. Are you crazy? It's like, if you have a subject matter expertise that is going to make you unique and then stand out from other people, I mean, let's not garbage it. Let's kind of take a look. So maybe you develop a mediation practice specializing in the fact that you have litigation experience, specializing that you are a subject matter expert in environmental or construction law. I mean, that makes you a little bit better. So I think part of the grit is maybe recognizing that we don't dump absolutely everything. We look about how we can take what we have and leverage it. And I found with the group of business owners that I meet with monthly, we have a monthly meeting, we have over 10 years, and it's a pretty intimate group. Uh, We lead with our values. We talk about our journeys and our struggles. And every month we get a little bit clearer on who we are and what we do. And oftentimes this group will say, Carol, that's your strength. You don't realize that nobody else can do that. Nobody else does that like you do. But we live so close to it that we don't recognize it in ourselves. And I'm always like balancing because the other side of the coin is like, well, you may think you're great, but everybody else is comparing you to everybody else who does that particular type of work. So you may not be as great as you think you are. So then how, as part of the grit and being an entrepreneur, you should be getting it better at your professional practice every single year. And if you've been doing it, like those speakers have been for 10 years, They've got to have their speech writing skills, their platform skills, their marketing skills, how they run the business. Because if it's not the same business it was 10 years ago for a whole plethora of reasons that you got to be getting better at each. And on a daily basis, I'm like, I don't want to get better at Google Docs. Some of those things, like I don't want to, and I'm balancing like, what do I have to versus how am I actually spending my time on things that only I can do? For me, that's a daily struggle. So you talked about the grit moments of like realizing I have to figure out how to use Google Docs because that's how people are communicating now. I also think there's power in understanding your strengths and other people's strengths and delegating and hiring out. But for those of you listening, you may be wondering, because I love Carol, what you're talking about, which is understanding your unique skill sets, understand like what is the value that you bring. For those listeners, there is an entire chapter in my book on the grit factor. And it's all about how to identify your unique strengths, how to position yourself, how to build a career development plan, how to position yourself as an entrepreneur. So whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working in corporate, there is an entire chapter discussing how to uncover and discover your X factor. So when the book comes out, be sure to check it out. There'll be an entire chapter on it. Well, thank you so much for joining, Carol. I really appreciate your time and the wisdom that you shared. Where can our listeners find you? Well, they can find me in a couple of places. If the website is managingconflict.com, where there are links to sign up for my conflict tip of the day, a tip, a trick, a technique to get people more conflict competent, because whatever your situation, you got to develop grit 
and not only grit, but skill sets to be able to navigate conflict and disappointment in working in personal relationships. My focus is work. They can also follow me on LinkedIn, where a few years back, someone said I was one of the top 30 people to follow on LinkedIn for conflict resolution. And there's also other social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And again, all designed to be able to help people get more conflict competent. And if they're interested in more about me and my training and my services and my coaching, jump on the website, managingconflict.com and hit that conflict, book an appointment or fill out the little inquiry thing. And I'm happy to talk, spreading the gospel of managing conflict and empowering people. Well, for our listeners out there, if you're driving, it's okay. I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes. So thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.